Well, good morning. I am so sorry that I can't be with you in person today, but after two years of trying to avoid COVID, it finally got me this week. So I've been resting at home. Fortunately, I've not been too ill with it, just feeling like I've got a bit of a heavy cold and uh, very low in energy. But other than that, it's been okay. In fact, doing this this morning to record this for you, it takes me back to when it was uh, a weekly occurrence that we would do videos. So while you're enjoying being together, it's strange to be doing this from home. Well, today we wanted to focus on uh, a theme that fits in with what's happening today, because today is Mother's Day. And I just want to say uh, thank you to all the mums there today. Thank you so much for all that you have done over the years for your children. Thank you for all that you continue to do. But I also want to say thank you to all the spiritual mothers that we have in the church as well. Whether you have physical children or not, you have spiritual children that follow you and that you invest in. And the church needs spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. But I want to say thank you to all the spiritual mothers in our church today. Thank you for all that you have done over the years, your faithful service in raising up spiritual sons and daughters. And I want to thank you for all that you will do and encourage you to keep going. It is so important. So the today's theme, we're taking a break from the series we've been doing recently, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. We'll pick that up again next week. But today we're going to be looking at the idea the, the, the uh, idea of cultivating gratitude. And we've chosen to do it today because today is a day, a national day, where we pause to say thank you for mums. But also it makes sense to do it today because something that most mums and dads, in fact, try to drum into their children is the importance of expressing thanks. Whether it's to say it to someone who's opened the door for them, whether it's to write a thank you card when they've received a birthday gift or or Christmas gifts, that's something that we've always tried to do with our children. We've always insisted on doing uh, thank you cards because we think it's important to express thanks and we try and drum it in. Well, Paul, right, who wrote many, many letters in the New Testament, he, as a parent, a spiritual parent, tried to drum it in to the, his spiritual children, this importance of thanks. And it comes up a number of times in his letters. We want to give thanks to God and we want to give thanks to others. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I'll say that again. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you and me in Christ, that we would give thanks in all circumstances. How is that possible? How do we develop an attitude of gratitude as it's sometimes referred to? How do we cultivate this gratitude within us? Being grateful and demonstrating gratitude doesn't necessarily come easy to all of us. In fact, some of us 
uh, find it really quite difficult to do that, to express it. Whereas others, perhaps it comes a little bit more easily, but we can all grow in it. We can do that by learning from others. I think of a great example, uh, a friend of mine who uh, is a volunteer at the food bank. In fact, her role is volunteer coordinator and she is really, really good at this. And one of the things that she's so good at doing is taking time to thank volunteers. She does this regularly by uh, telling them at the weekly briefings uh, and reminding them how grateful we are, we are for each one of them. She does it when she sends out the reminder text each week, each week about who's going to be on the rotor. Again, she says thank you to them. Last year, she organised an amazing thank you event round in her back garden. She organised kind of cream tea and coffee and all sorts of amazing goodies and just made people feel welcome and thanked them. And even just last week, she sent out cards to every single volunteer, thanking them for what they do. She's someone who is so good at demonstrating gratitude. There's things like that we can learn from people. And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at five S phrases that cultivate gratitude that we can learn from. And I want to keep it really practical and simple because I think it's something that we can help make a difference in the world around us because the world isn't necessarily a particularly grateful place. So the first S I would say, if we're going to cultivate gratitude is to start small, start small. When I was at primary school, there was a song we used to sing regularly in school assemblies. And it was all about thanking God, but it just took very simple things and expressed it. Thank you, Lord, for this new day. Thank you, Lord, for this new day. Thank you, Lord, for this new day, right where we are. That was the opening verse. And it went on. Thank you, Lord, for food to eat. Thank you, Lord, for clothes to wear. Thank you, Lord, for all your gifts. It's such a simple but helpful reminder to all of us to stop and thank God where we are, whatever's going on. So start small. If you were to write extra verses for that song, what might you add? What might it be for family all around, for friends who care, for warmth of spring? What might you add? Start small. Cheryl Sandberg, uh, who is one of the management team of Facebook, wrote a book called Option B. Uh, where she talks about coming to terms and living with the loss of her husband very suddenly when they were on holiday. And one of the things that she set out to do because she was made aware of the importance to her was about just stopping and thinking about simple things she could be thankful for. And she made a decision that each day she would look for just three things that she could be thankful for. She said sometimes it was a real battle because life was really tough. She was grieving enormously for her husband, whom she dearly loved. But she chose to look for three things each day. Sometimes she said it was just things like the smell of coffee. Thank you for the smell of coffee. Thank you for the phone call from a friend. Whatever it may be, she chose three things. Maybe that's something you'd like to do is look for just three things each day. If you know that you struggle to, to stop and to be grateful, start small, something like that. 
as a family, we've um, for a number of years now done a gratitude jar where we jot down things that we are grateful for and we put it in a pot and uh, we keep it going all throughout the year. And when we get to the end of the year on New Year's Eve, one of the activities we do is we open it up and we read back. And it's a way of just stopping and remembering. It's little actions like that. Maybe it's as simple as reintroducing grace over dinner. If you don't do that, maybe grab that opportunity, not as a ritual thing, but as something just to grab that moment, build it into your life to stop and say thanks. You know, Jesus did it before he fed the 5,000. It says when he had given thanks, he gave thanks before he had the meal. When he fed the 4,000, the same thing, when he had given thanks. When he had his last supper even, it says when he had given thanks. Maybe grab something like that, a simple thing like that, to stop and thank God for the food that we eat. Build it into your life, whether it's writing cards for people, sending text messages, telling them in person, expressing it to God. Look for opportunities to show gratitude. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. There's a link there between watching and thanking. Yes, we're to devote ourselves in prayer. But then it says being watchful and thankful, watchful and thankful. Those two things go together. The message puts it like this. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. I love that. Having your eyes ready to spot things that you can be grateful for. And that leads us on into my second point. Slow down. We can't be alert and watchful, ready to thank God unless we slow down. This week, because of being stuck at home, I have been able to slow down. And I spent some time in this glorious weather we've been having, just sat watching birds hopping around the garden, listening to birds singing in the trees. And in fact, there's a, we've got a bird bath that I made from a, just an old um, base, of a strawberry planter that I had. And I've been watching a blackbird come in and drink from the bird bath and then have a bath in it. And it's just been wonderful to slow down and enjoy that and to give thanks to God for his creation. Sometimes we need reminding to express thanks, not because we're not grateful, we're ungrateful, but because we're rushing on to the next thing. For a number of years, I've been able to go on residential trips with year sixes um, to fantastic activity centres. And we get to do all sorts of amazing things like archery and abseiling and uh, rock climbing and all sorts of incredible things. And the kids have a great time. I have a great time. It's wonderful just to see them grow and to try out things face up to fears. But with all the excitement and everything, when the session ends, that's always led by really, really good instructors. The kids are on, they're, they're kind of, yeah, pack up their bags and they're ready and going on to the next thing. But I always stop them and say, hey, what do we need to say? What should we say to the instructor before we go? And, and in the moment, they, they're all, oh, they stop short and they remember. And, and it's not a, a reluctance to say thank you, 
but it's just they've forgotten in the excitement. So they slow down, they pause, they say thanks before they head on to the next thing. The irony is when I was preparing this talk and thinking about that and remembering the, the, the joy and the privilege it is to go on those trips, I'd realized that I'd not really expressed my gratitude to God for being able to do those trips. So I took some time to do that and to thank him, to slow down. You know, I was thinking during the pandemic, during the lockdown, nationally, there was that slowing down, that moment to stop that happened every Thursday for a number of months where we would go outside on our doorsteps, we'd stop, we'd slow down, and we'd express our appreciation for the NHS and the key workers. And it was such a wonderful experience, a wonderful thing to be able to do, to acknowledge what they did, to stand as a nation and to applaud them and to thank them. Do you know what? I'd like to do that now. I know this is a bit weird, especially as I'm not there. But I wonder, anyone who's there today who works for the NHS or as a care worker, as a key worker, and has helped keep going throughout this time that's not ended yet. Here I am at home still with COVID. It's still around. I wonder, could you stand up and can the rest of us just show our appreciation? Can we applaud our key workers? Thank you so much. I don't know whether that worked or not, but I hope you still felt that we do appreciate you and we thank you. So secondly, we need to slow down if we're going to show and cultivate gratitude. Thirdly, I would say the next S phrase is to shift focus. Do you know what? Being grateful is countercultural. We live surrounded by so much moaning and complaining, and we can make a real difference. Part of what we're called to be as children of God is salt and light. We're to change the atmosphere. And we are surrounded by moaning and complaining. But so by us being grateful people, we can help to shift and change things. I came across this article, which I think as a Brit, I'm quite embarrassed by this. This was on a website and it's called Mind the Moaner. It says Brits have been revealed to be a nation of whiners with the worst moaners spending, get this, 10,168 minutes a year blowing off steam. <sighs> wow. Research has shown over half the nation, 56%, admit to a daily groan, and one in five, 19%, moan more than three times a day, resulting in 1,016 moans per year for 169 hours. Oh, my goodness. What a lot of moaners we have got in our nation. And I'm sure we're not the only nation that moans and complains and grumbles. If we're going to cultivate gratitude, we need to shift our focus. We need to move it from what we don't have to what we do have. You know, when we focus on what we don't have, it very quickly leads to grumbling and moaning. Oh, I don't have this. Oh, I can't do that. 
oh, there's this going wrong and there's that going wrong. But if we move our focus onto what we do have, it leads to gratitude. Being grateful is a choice, a choice on how you view things and respond to things. Let me give you you some examples, even from this week. So, yeah, I've been at home with COVID and I was very aware that I couldn't come to the prayer meeting on Wednesday. I was looking forward to it. I was going to be leading it. And we were going to have a great time in God's presence, as we have had for many weeks. But I couldn't be there. And I could have dwelt on that. Oh, I can't be there. Oh, I'm going to miss out. But instead, I chose to shift my focus. Instead, I was able to dwell on the fact that the prayer meeting could still go ahead, that God could still meet people, because there are other people around. We have team and Neil was able to step in and to lead that. And I'm sure you had a great time there in God's presence, enjoying him and worshipping him. Another example from this week, I couldn't get out and about. I was stuck at home. I could have dwelt on that. Oh, why was me? I want to get out. I want to go and do things. There's things I need to be, need to do, people I need to see. Oh, why was me? But actually, I chose to shift my focus. What it did mean, I was able to slow down. Back to my second point. I was able to slow down, to spend time with God, to spend time with Liz, who was also at home uh, in isolation with me. Another thing, I can't be here with you today. I love being with God's people. I couldn't be with you. I could have dwelt on that. Oh, I'm going to miss out. Oh, dear. I should have been doing this. I should have been doing that. I I should have been. I wanted to. But instead, I shifted my focus. Technology means I can still do this preach. Team means that other people can step in and do things. We have a choice on what we focus on. Do we focus on the things we don't have and can't do? Or do we move and look at what we do have? I found a very provocative statement when I was thinking about this idea of gratitude. Someone said and that gratitude is the language of heaven. Grumbling is the language of hell. Oh, I want to be using the language of heaven. Let's focus on things that we have and declare God's goodness. So, fourthly, in our cultivating gratitude is to season everything. Season everything with thankfulness. It doesn't mean we ignore hardships, that we pretend challenges don't exist, that they aren't real, because we do face challenges. But it's even in those things we offer thanks. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. There it is in Philippians. It's not denying there's going to be hardships. But it's saying, even in the midst of it all, as we pray, as we present our petitions to God about the things that we are concerned about, worried about, We're to do it with thanksgiving. 
is to season what we do. And I want to encourage you as a way to do that, grab opportunities that arise. Use the reminders that are out there. Like National Days. Today, as we said, is Mother's Day. It's a national day where we say thanks to mums everywhere. But there are other national days we could use to help remind us of things. You know, America every year has a Thanksgiving Day where the nation stops and be thankful and is thankful. Now, it might have drifted from the original idea, but it was the heart to thank God for what he had done, to, to stop and be grateful. So using reminders, you know, today is also the first day of British summertime. For me, that's an opportunity to stop and thank God for the seasons, for the significance of that that winter doesn't last forever, that summer comes round. It's an opportunity to think and to thank God that spring and then summer comes. There's warmth, there's greater, uh, longer days. It's an opportunity to thank God for his inspiration and giftings to people who create calendars and clockmakers. But it's also an opportunity to thank the people involved in the clockmaking industry, to thank people who are involved in timetabling and scheduling. Why not? You can take an, an idea like, you know, a national day and use it as a springboard into gratitude, into expressing thanks both to God and to other people. You know, why not ask each day how do you want me to thank you today? What is it you want me to thank you today, Lord, about? And also, who do you want me to thank? Who could I thank? Another example, this Friday marks the end of term for many schools. It's an opportunity to thank God for schools, for universities, for education, for nurseries, for every place of learning, for learning itself for knowledge, for wisdom. There's also an opportunity to thank the people who work in those environments. So why not send a thank you to a teacher, a teaching assistant, a support staff, a lecturer, a governor? Grabbing hold of these opportunities helps us to season everything with gratitude. And finally, the final S phrase, I would suggest in cultivating gratitude is to soak in God's goodness. Soak in God's goodness. Colossians 2, 6 to 7 says, So then, just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. How are we going to overflow with thankfulness? I think the clue is in the preceding words. Paul says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Our gratitude, our bubbling up of thankfulness 
comes from soaking in God and who he is, what he's done for us. A phrase that's come up, comes up a lot of times in the Bible. One example is 1 Corinthians 16, 34. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. It's a, a, a sentence, a phrase that comes up over and over again. The Bible writers were trying to get us to understand this truth. That God is good, his love endures forever, ever. And that is our motivation for thanks and gratitude. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. We sing it, don't we, sometimes? Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, his love endures forever. For he is good, he is above all things, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. The ultimate demonstration of God's goodness, of course, is shown in Jesus. And an event we remember in a few weeks time at Easter. When Jesus died on a cross and rose again for us is where he declared loudly to, throughout all history. I love you and I am good. I was asked um, last week. Well, I. I was asked to do an RE lesson um, for year two children. And the question that they were exploring in the RE lesson was, how important is it to Christians that Jesus came back to life after his crucifixion? What a wonderful topic to be given. Unfortunately, I had to do it on video like this. But it just brings us back to what it's all about. This is our main reason for gratitude. This is going to be the main motivator and uh, thing that helps to cultivate gratitude is when we rest in God's goodness, especially that shown in Jesus's sacrifice. In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 15, it says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Another song we used to sing uh, a, a long time ago, not so much now. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son. And now let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich because of what the Lord has done. We have real reason to be grateful. But unless we allow ourselves to soak in God's goodness and soak in what he's done. It's not going to have an impact on us. It should still bear fruit today. When we live out our lives, if we're going to be people who overflow with thankfulness, we need to soak in God's goodness. So as we come in to finish, I'd ask the band to come up. Colossians 3 verse 15 to 17 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, the Father, through him. Paul can't help himself in this letter to the Colossal Church. 
in those three verses, you've got his endorsement, his encouragement to be thankful. He is overflowing with gratitude in what he writes. In fact, if you want to explore someone who is who demonstrates gratitude, look at Colossians. It's just a, a letter that's full of gratitude, of thankfulness. We want to be people who honour one another and are generous. Therefore, let's get good at demonstrating gratitude. As we seek to cultivate gratitude, let's start small. Let's slow down. Let's shift focus. Let's season everything and let's soak in God's goodness. Let's give thanks to others. Tell them, write it, buy a present, speak well of them, honour them, be generous to them. Let's give thanks to God. Declare his goodness through our words, through our singing. Let's worship him. Let's honour him. Obey him. Tell others about him and what he has done. Why don't we start now? Let's worship God again. And then after the service finished, why don't you find someone to thank them about something they've done?